It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field, going back Hernandez at the track, right to the wall, gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field, Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to A's Cast Live. As let's just say this show is starting today with a huge sigh of relief. I was, you know what, I wasn't worried. I was just, what happens if this vote goes sideways? Because everybody has been saying, don't worry about it. It's going to pass. going to be a slam dunk. And Howard Terminal, the project, will move on. And the removal of the port designation, however you want to put it, will be removed. And now we can start talking city council. Now we can start talking votes, binding votes. But if it didn't pass, it was see you later. Project over. Take your ball, go home. I don't know what the future of the organization is. And where it'd be playing. So luckily, we did not have to get into that. We will get into A's baseball as they're going to be starting a three-game set. It's a four-game Is it a four-game set? Uh, yes, four games, tonight through Sunday. Blue Jays on Monday. I messed up on my NBC hit because I think I said three-game set. See, you were supposed to fact-check it. I don't remember you hearing you say four-game set. Maybe I didn't say it then. Or three-game set, sorry. I don't, I don't remember what you said. I just remember you being excited about Adrian Martinez. Does it not feel like Friday? Kind of, yeah, because yesterday was a day game. And, and day games are always Thursday. Usually, yeah. All right, Bill Moriarty is from Athletics Farm is going to join us at 4.30. As we have said, the farm is bigger than ever for the athletics. Dave Sims, longtime great broadcaster for the Mariners, will join us at 5 o'clock. Did Sims come out of the booth and start throwing haymakers down in Anaheim? Uh, I don't think so. I think he's okay. I don't think he fractured his elbow like Archie Bradley didn't did. Didn't gouge any eyes out or anything? Yeah, I didn't throw uh, sunflower seeds or Didn't go like after that. Phil Nevin? Uh, what's, how many games he's spending now still? Eight, seven, something like that? He still suspended some games, though. 
How many is it? When what? When was the fight? Uh, Sunday. So his first game would have Monday. So so he would have been. He probably has like seven games left. Six. Still one of the dumbest plays ever. Uh, yeah. But then then the whole thing came out. Archie Bradley fractured his elbow. Tr- just trying Tri- to trying jump to, over the rail. <laughs> trying to get over the rail. You know who did that? You know who hopped over a rail and hurt his knee was Aubrey Huff during a celebration. There's been a lot of weird ones. Yeah. I remember hearing about the Huff one. Whether it's a fight, celebration, for some reason, guys come running in from a bullpen they, you know, for a fight and they hurt their hamstrings. Ah, it's just a joke. And we will have Mac Babbitt, the great Shooty Babbitt at 530. Is Shooty, is Shooty in the bushes right now? He didn't say, but I'm assuming, because he told me the other day it was a travel day. Yeah, because he's not doing TV. That's Stu right now on NBC Sports California. Speaking of that, Brody Brazil will be joining us in six minutes. All right. Brody has been tracking this. I will be dead honest with you. These, these, um, how do I want to put this? During these very complicated times, Being a show that we are all about honesty, we always have been, it's it's been something that I think has been our trademark that I really started with A's Talk, that's morphed somehow into A's Clubhouse, which is our post-game show, and what do we used to call the pre-game show, the dugout show? Correct. That was when we were still with... The old station. We had to switch names because we left the old station. So it's now A's Total Access brought to you by? Chevron. And then we created A's Cast Live and A's Cast. We've always been dead honest with you. That's what we do. That's why you come to us. You know you're going to get not spin. We don't spin stuff for the organization. The organization has always told us, do what you do. And we go, great. Honesty is the best policy. We haven't really covered ballpark talks because they're going to play out. It's so far above our pay grade. They're going to play out. We'll cover it once it plays out. We're not here to break news on it. We're not being dishonest. We're not avoiding it. It's just... We do baseball. We're not going to do – we'll do votes after the votes. We'll do hearings after the hearings. But leading up, I'm not looking to get somebody from city council. I'm not looking to get this person, that person. It's just not what – and they've never told us what to do to be, once again, being totally honest. So I've dealt with it a lot. But we're not going to, like – get into the vote and be bringing people on before the vote. We'll talk about it after it happens. And where do we go from here? We're still a long way to go. What is it that they have till 2025 to get something done? You know, basically binding, but in writing shovels in the ground by 2025 or the land goes back to the port. I have it from the, uh, the Chronicle. The BCDC approval gives the A's in the city until 2025 to enter to enter into a binding agreement. If that doesn't happen, Howard Terminal will automatically revert back to a port priority use designation. Now, my question is, let's just say the ballpark doesn't happen there. 
was today's vote only about a ballpark? That they can't all of a sudden go, well, the ballpark didn't work, but we're doing condos. We're doing a shopping mall right on the wharf. I'm just throwing it out there. Kind of like how the A's gave the territorial rights to the Giants and then never got them back. And then they were stuck. So obviously the port is making sure they don't get stuck giving their land away. And if nothing happens with the A's, that someone goes, ah, we got a great idea to put some homes here. I don't know why I'm asking you that question because obviously there's no, there's no chance you have that answer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad to see this one. But through. I went to you kind of like you would be the guy that has that kind of information. No, but a guy. That's the kind of respect I have for your knowledge. I appreciate that. But a guy in two minutes might have that answer. I don't think he's going to have that. I don't know. Well, our, guy, our, our guest tomorrow, 405, might have that answer. That'd be our president, Dave Cavill. That's his pay grade. That, that's, that's called a tease to tomorrow. Yeah, Dave Cavill will be here tomorrow. I'm glad we're doing Cavill now after than before because this was a slam dunk. Everybody knew it. What was the final vote tally? 23 to 2. In favor, obviously. So that's, um, since we're dealing with the port, would you call it a, a boat race? Wow, well done. Uh, yeah, that, I, think you could, <laughs> I think that you could use that there. That was bad, I admit it. Should I use that with Brody? Uh, you can see what Brody has to say about it. <clears throat> I'm not sure. By the way, can you check to see if your uh, computer's running on Ethernet there? It keeps saying that one of us isn't, and I'm concerned. It's probably not me. Well, no, it says you are. It just keeps giving me the unstable connection, uh, which is weird because we're both connected, and we're both using Ethernet, so I don't know well, what's going on. Well, we're both on. not stable. True. Oh, you mean on here? I think meant. Oh, I, you're talking about the Internet. Yeah, yeah. By the way, did you know I'm excited about tonight's game? Yeah, because please tell me it's – you're talking about the Adrian Martinez hit you did. Are you talking about because Sky Bolt's back? Oh, that's right. Read off all the – we've got transactions. I, I, I'll get to it quickly for Brody. The, okay. The A's recalled right-hander Adrian Martinez, which he will start tonight, 1-0 with a 0 ERA, 5 and a third scoreless versus Detroit. Selected infielder Vimael Machin and reinstated outfielder Sky Bolt from the 60-day injured list. Sky Bolt's today. back? So Sky Bolt's back. Jed Lowry, 10-day injured list, retroactive to June 27th with a strained left shoulder. Adam Aller back to AAA. Adam Kalerik DFA'd and Christian Pache down to Las Vegas. Oh, remember? Who was the guy, and I like Pache from a standpoint to where I think this kid is a good kid. He's got a great head on his shoulders. Um, he's got the right attitude. I hope he is a great A for a long time. But who was calling for Pache to go back to AAA about a month and a half ago? I mean, when he was hitting, what would you say? Was he hitting 108 at one point? At one point in June, he was hitting 108. Uh, who, who weeks ago? I mean, this well over a month ago. Who was the guy around the A's going, this isn't working? Who was that guy? That'd be you. This guy. Right, you know what he finished? You know what he finished June? Uh, not great. A buck, he had a buck 20 in June. couple RBI, though. Positive. No, there's no positive about Pache in June. I mean, that's just that's just a ra- reality. We want to get him on because we know he's going to be going on tonight around 6.30, so we got to give him his time to prep. Uh, the great Brody Brazil is here with us before he does A's pregame live on NBC Sports California tonight, getting you ready for the Athletics and the Mariners. 
Brody, big vote today. How are you? We're winging it tonight, Townie. Uh, baseball talk a little bit, uh, mostly ballpark talk. Uh, isn't it crazy in one of the worst A's months in Oakland history, right? Five wins here in June. Uh, today they just picked up one of the necessary wins. It's one of the biggest necessary wins in 50-plus years of being in Oakland. Hopefully, you know, this is one of the domino pieces that keeps them in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, it, it is so true, Brody. I mean, you're talking about they're having – this is the worst month ever in Oakland A's baseball history. But this vote, and I was saying it when I came on, was like if it was a no vote, I mean, it's a done deal. We got no idea right. what happens to the organization. So people really need to know that, yes, there's still a long way to go, but if this vote wasn't a yes today, I, I – I wouldn't have known, we wouldn't be talking to you, and I wouldn't even know what to say. Yeah, and that's, I think that's what, what didn't give it the sexy factor, right? It wasn't the city of Oakland voting today. It wasn't the county of Alameda voting today. It was the BCDC, and they, they weren't actually, Townie, to be, to be perfectly accurate, they weren't even voting on the, on the project. They were only voting on the 50-plus acres at Howard Terminal and whether it could basically be rezoned. Uh, to put a ballpark there instead of having seaport operations um, like they used to. Uh, so long story short, you're right. I mean, it, 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 if this had gone away, I think a real strong realization would have been sinking in. So that's why I think it is important to recognize the victory for what it is. So on your uh, on your on your it's going to get done meter one to ten that Howard yeah. Terminal will go. Where are you now after this vote? We don't have to sweat it. Where are you now? Ten being, we're going there for opening day on 2027-2028. On your it's going to get done meter, one to ten, ten the best. Where are you? I want to give it higher. I I really do. Um, But I think the biggest vote, the biggest decision, the biggest agreement and arrangement has to happen with the city of Oakland. And um, it's multifaceted. There's already a lot of uh, back and forth. There's been a public advisory vote brought up by a couple city council members that uh, would delay and confuse a lot of people in, in part of this project and, quite honestly, a lot of the general public. Uh, so I'm going to answer your question with probably just a seven right now. Uh, but I'm only trying to be reserved because today was huge. Um, the next one is just going to be more complicated and difficult. But to be honest with you, once that is in place, then I'm ready to give you something like a nine or more. You know, the things that we've seen in California, I think it really started with the Padres and Petco Park when that project got delayed two years. We saw how tough it was just to build an arena in Sacramento. Uh, then talking about what the Niners went through all those years, 80s, 90s, and then finally having to do it in Santa Clara. I mean, now with the Rams and the Chargers down in L.A., we have just learned Warriors in San Francisco, Giants in San Francisco. We have just learned how hard it is to build in California. You guys on NBC Sports California have been doing a great job following this. Just just explain to everybody just how hard it is to get everybody pulling on the same rope and to get one of these projects done. I understand the interests of, you know, the shipping community and that they want to protect 
uh, you know, what is their, what has been their home for a lot of years. Um, 1,300 acres of the Port of Oakland. We're, we're literally discussing 50 of Howard Terminal. And it may go down to 40. There's an expanded turning basin that's going to take a bite out of the land at Howard Terminal. We're going to be down to 40 acres of about 1,300 uh, that this ballpark and the project would use. So that's that's a consideration. I, and I understand not is going to be on the same page, on board. I, I totally understand it. Um, but I, I think what was a great analogy that was brought up today is the Warriors and Chase Center. They basically moved into land that's right next door to UCSF, a hospital, right, in, um, in, in, in south of market area of San Francisco. And well, even further south of that. But the point is, there was a lot of worry. Like, when you have 20,000 Warriors fans, is that going to stop an ambulance from getting to the hospital? So, I mean, that's as equal as anybody worried about, you know, a shipping container and a, a truck to take it off and put it on a truck. I mean, there's there's a lot of concerns anywhere you go. Um, I think, to your point, things can be overcome. They can be trusted with a lot of research. It just takes time for people to really understand and digest what's possible. It's difficult, but it's creative and it's possible um, when you actually dive into it. You know, we're going to have Dave Cavill on tomorrow. Are you guys having him on today? You know, it's funny. I just got a text before you called that said he will be coming on our show tonight at 630. Yeah, you know, being around it, whether you you talk about Mark Bedane, the former president of the Raiders, Rick Welts, the former president of the Warriors, those guys never got close to anything in Oakland. And there's now been a lot of criticism of Dave. You've dealt a lot with Dave. We have never seen, never seen an Oakland executive all these years of the three major sports get this close. Have you have, have we ever seen if you've grown up here, you've grown up watching it, have we ever seen an Oakland executive get get anybody this close to getting a new ballpark? Uh, <laughs> I've never heard it put that way and you're you're absolutely right. Um and and part of it is I think the desire has always been to stay. Um, I, I think the Raiders were pretty much one and a half feet out the door, and it was like, Oakland, do you want us? Do you want us? Because we're going. And the Warriors were most certainly, you know, bound to leave once they, they thought San Francisco would be a more lucrative option. And I think the A's honestly embraced, you know, rooted in Oakland was a slogan, and I I completely understand that um, the other talks with Las Vegas and the things that, that fans hear, uh, it's, discour- it's discouraging. Uh, I completely understand it. But the one thing I'll say uh, in defense of the A's as it relates to, you know, maintaining the rooted in Oakland slogan is the amount of money that they've been spending in literally funding an EIR, funding a whole staff of people to do all this research and work with the city and work with the county and work with the BCDC. And a lot of that has gone on behind the scenes. And so people don't see it, so they don't think any work, hard work is actually happening here. Now, granted, you know, the, the team also puts out talk about Las Vegas, and, and that is that they're trying to survive in their best interest. But I, I do, you know, isolated from that, it is, it really is important to see, I mean, more than talk, flat out money has been put into the efforts to try and stay here. And I don't think anything speaks louder than, you know, the reported $2 million a month that they spend trying to stay in Oakland. 
All right, I'm going to tape tonight's show. I want to know what block are you guys going to do the the breakdown of Sky <laughs> Sky Sky Bolt being back and being in the lineup hitting six tonight. I mean, normally Christian Pache talk would be a whole segment, right? Like, what do we do? You know, like it, it'd be a big thing. And I don't. If Vic's on with me tonight. I honestly, I don't. Like, we're unfortunately going to have to gloss over him tonight. Maybe more on him tomorrow. But um, yeah, we're going to have Dave on in our B segment, and then we're going to spend a whole C segment, the whole third segment, just discussing what happened today to try and simplify things. I know it's complicated. I know it's detailed, but. Um, I'm mostly here to try and help people understand. I, I watched every meeting. I've listened to as many things as I, I can, talked to as many people as I can. So we're here to just help educate and inform. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to bring you on is is you guys have done a great job, whether yourself personally, like on Twitter, uh, podcast, or what you've been doing on NBC Sports California to really give A's fans the truth because there's a lot of people out there that, that are stewing uh, some stuff up that's not the truth, and there's special interest groups and money being paid to tra- – you know, they don't want to upset the business that they've been doing for all these years. They want to keep that right. apple cart going, and you guys have been doing a great job just keeping everybody abreast of what's real. I don't even know who you're talking about, Tanani. I don't even know. Yes, I do. Uh <laughs> Uh, and on the way out, we know you got to go, uh, Cody. Cody, do you, do you need to know who's going to be the Sharks' next GM? Brody, do we know who it is? I, I, who I, is it, Brody? I know it's a former player. That's all I know. That's all I've been hearing from sources. You know, Brody, give us the truth. Yeah, it's going to be Curtis Brown. He's leaving the analyst role to step into something he's never done before. Uh, I have no clue. Although he and I would be thrilled if it were Scott Nichol. I'm just saying that that's my personal front runner only for the sentimental aspect. So. What if they called you and offered you the gig? <laughs> uh, Tony, I'm not even good at broadcasting. How do you expect me to pick players? Hey, you, Come you, on. you know how to skate. <laughs> barely. barely. I'm, I'm what they call a bender. Uh, look that one up. It's not good. Uh, one more, Brody. Where's Kevin Durant getting traded to? Is he, uh, Is he coming back to Golden State? He's football. Oh, no, he's basketball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I, I when I hear other players are turning down $45 million of guaranteed money, uh, I, I think it's an interesting NBA market right now. I don't know. I mean, is, is Juan Toscano-Anderson not coming back? Did I hear that too? That's correct. I know that's not related. Him and Chris Chioza are not coming back to the Warriors. Apparently, the I don't way- think they can. I don't, how would the Warriors afford that? I honestly don't know. They're going to get trapped in that situation again. Yeah, well, the, the Durant thing's just a joke, but he is going to get traded. But I figure we're hitting on all the big things that happened today. Well, I mean, if, if, if this is turning into an Ask Brody segment, Brody, uh, are you now going to be a Big Ten fan with UCLA <laughs> and USC in the Big Ten? I heard, you know what, in our live chat on the on the YouTube stream I was doing today, everybody was telling me about Pache getting sent down and the whole yeah. Pac-10 thing or 12 thing. And it was, uh, I, I was, I honestly am not focused on anything else Besides a uh, what was it a twenty twenty three to two vote? That's all I really know today. Well, so. let me let, let a, a good broadcaster always brings it back to himself. Uh, Brody, <laughs> how, how about San Jose State, San Diego State now into the Pac twelve? 
You know, I was wondering who would fill that uh, uh-huh. that void. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. Like, how are they going to instantly compete there? What incentive would they have to do that? I'd be for it, but I think they'd be in trouble, you know? Uh, uh, it, it'd be oh, interesting. Oh, our offices are right downstairs from Pac-12 Network, and, man, I, I'd be, I would love to walk in those doors today. Oh, oh, can you imagine? Panic. I mean, so if, 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 if when you get in there today and you hear the fire alarm, it's not the fire alarm. It's the Pac-12 panic button going off. <laughs> uh, it might be me pulling the fire alarm because I'm drunk off champagne before I do this show. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to celebrate this one. I really am. No, yeah, no. I mean, hey, it's good news because the vote was either good news or, oh, my God, Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine. All right. We appreciate the time. I know we came at you real quick, uh, but you know how much we love you. Thank you so much, and have a good broadcast. Anytime for you guys. You know it. Talk to you soon. The great Brody Brazil. See him uh, 6.30. It's a 7.05 start? 7.10, I think. 7.10. So they'll start at 6.30. Uh, NBC Sports California. They've been doing a good job breaking down. Can you turn my headphones up a little bit? Uh, they've been doing a great job kind of just educating you on everything that's going on. And it's just complicated. Like, I remember Sacramento was complicated. Yeah. I remember Petco Park was complicated. I mean, look at Avaya. Or, sorry, PayPal. Is that what's going on? Uh, PayPal Park now, yeah. Like, Pac Bell which now is T-Mobile, but the Giants ballpark, it was complicated, and I may be totally wrong, but I was at KMBR at the time. It was very early uh, in my career. It just seemed complicated because it had never been done before. But I think when you look back on it, I mean, Willie Brown made it all happen, and that's been that's been the problem for the A's. And see, I don't want to get into politics. I, but the A's haven't had a Willie Brown. Willie Brown had juice everywhere. He was Willie Brown. He was one of the most powerful mayors in the United States. You know, there's certain mayors who really run their show. Willie Brown had power inside City Hall. Willie Brown had power with the port. Billy, Bill, Willie Brown had power with Save the Bay. Willie Brown ran that thing and made it happen. So, and I give credit to Peter McGowan and Larry Bear and what they did, and they started a trend that obviously is very successful, and everybody does it now. And now you got to build your own ballpark. So you got to credit Peter McGowan and Larry Bear for that. It seemed hard at the time, but now that we look what other people had to do, it doesn't seem like it was that hard. But yet they were pioneers. Sacramento, man, they had... The Kings had one foot out the door going to Seattle, if you remember how tough that was. Niners, what, when was the one vote? The one vote, I want to say, was in the 90s where it passed for a, a new stadium in San Francisco, but a lot of dead people were voting. It was a scandalous vote, and it just never was going to happen. Next thing you know, it ends up Santa Clara. Santa Clara didn't seem that hard. San, I don't know. Is it me or Santa Clara seemed to happen like that? It did, and uh, real quick, not to not to go off on it, but the Niners are going to have that whole area to themselves soon when Great America shuts down. Yeah, my wife mentioned Great America is going to shut down. It said within years the next, from yeah, now, like but. it said within the next eleven years. So, what uh, I'm in my mid forties, Great America will be 
probably gone. How many years? 11, so you'll be in your, wow. I'll be 60, and I'm probably not going to want to go upside down on a roller coaster <laughs> around 60, so it won't affect me. will not be a problem. Maybe you'll make the, that's a lot of land. What are they going to do with it? Uh, great, I bet the that's ni- a great question. Maybe you can make it into a bigger park. I bet the, the Niners, Niners are going, hmm. Maybe they can build a Niners Hall of Fame there. Hmm. I mean, don't they have one in the ballpark? Or the I think you're thinking, I, I mean, it. what do we see around all these bikes? Okay, first you got to build places to live, so it's condos. Then you build a little city that's got shopping, it's got restaurants, it's got bars. And um, what's the golf course right across the street? It's horrible golf. Santa Clara. I, I don't golf. Um, God, Santa Clara Valley Golf and Tennis or whatever. Dog track. I always say that course. It's windy. It's terrible. San Jose State Baseball. We used to have our alumni golf tournament out there. I hated it. Um, they're going to get rid of that and turn that into property. I'll tell you what. I know there's been a whole fight between the Niners and Santa Clara. I don't know exactly how that's going on, but in 10 years, that whole neighborhood could look completely different. Didn't Joe Montana want to put up a hotel out there? That sounds about right. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, no offense. We live right here, but there's nothing there besides tech. The convention center's there. Uh, the, the the Bennigans isn't even there anymore. Oh, the Bennigans was great. The only bar that was around there is gone. Oh God, Bennigans. you have to go across on the other side of 101 to get to anywhere. Bennigans was great. You, that's yeah. By the way, for all you Niner people, they're like, I can't get in there. It's the traffic. I'm telling you, you come right off one. You come right off 101, and it's uh, Great America Parkway. Right there is Mission College. There's the church. And there, there's the restaurant that used to be Bennigan's. It's I don't even know what it's called now. You park there. Walk down. Yeah, it's a 20-minute walk. You need the exercise anyway. And then you walk out of Levi Stadium. You walk down, get in your car, and you hop on 101, and you're out of there like nothing. I don't even know why you would sit in that parking lot. And when it was Bennigan's, you could have a cocktail or two. When at Bennigan's before you walk down to Levi Stadium. That's why I've always laughed going, oh, I know how to get in and out of Levi Stadium easily. Then there's the back way to get to, um, to get to, you get off 87, the back way where NBC is on the other side is the yeah, airport. Go there's, down First Street. There's that back way to get in there too, where by, uh, through Alviso where Top Golf is. There, there, you, you non South Bay people just don't know how to get in and out of Levi Stadium. Uh, I, so, I'm not a Niner fan, and I can get in and out of that joint. One more thing, I guess we won't be seeing at uh, the ballpark or at the uh, Levi Stadium anymore. Uh, goodbye, Pac 12 championship games. Why? Well, is that is Pac-12 still a conference? Or? Pac-12 is not going anywhere if USC and UCLA. They're still going to have a conference. you got Oregon still. got USC. I mean, you got uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. What's Colorado going to do? Yeah. Utah. What's Utah going to do? Because, like, they were a stretch. But you know what it's, you know what it's saying? And, and we're seeing it this week also. In professional golf, the Live Tour versus the PGA Tour. The Live Tour, the new tour, has all these star players, and the PGA Tour playing the wait for it. Ask Cody. Cody, uh, what is the tournament this week on the PGA Tour? Uh, is it the John Deere Classic? It's the John Deere Classic. They got nobody playing. PGA Tour's in trouble. Uh, Bill's here, by the way. 
what does Bill know about the PGA Tour? Uh, very little, in fact. <laughs> Far less than you. <laughs> and, and Bill, we all can speak. We're, we all can speak to this. We're watching sports. How we're watching how sports changes. We're watching how we view sports, how we follow sports, how we watch sports. We got games now on Apple. We got them on YouTube. We got them on uh, Peacock. The whole world is changing around us, and all the people who hate change are like, what's going on? But it's just a reality. I mean, think about how you're coming on Ace Cast Live today. (laughs) Five years ago, we didn't have this. Well, I, I, I remember when I was a kid also, you could you could see one game a week, the NBC game of the week yeah. on Saturday afternoon. That yeah. that was your entire broadcast uh, schedule right there. You know, <laughs> so things are definitely a little different these days. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was telling Cody, I go, you know, I, I just don't like all star all star voting now. It's so ridiculous. People just sit yeah. on computers. Back in the day, you had to go to the ballpark. <laughs> you had to punch out the names. Yeah. I, you know, you know. It was a lot of work. You know, <laughs> it was the good old days, Bill. The good old days. <laughs> That's all right. We'll survive. We'll survive and adapt. We're not total dinosaurs here. All right. So, I didn't want to seem negative because my job is to be positive, <laughs> and but I saw very early after that first road trip that. Christian Pache was lost. He was yeah. absolutely lost. And I kept asking people as the numbers, I mean, the boat was taking on water. This thing's sinking. And I kept going, he's not ready. He's not ready. He's not competitive. It's yeah. one thing, okay, that, you know, they we, now when people struggle, we love to say, oh, look out, his hard hit rate. I was like, hard hit rate my ass. <laughs> this guy can't, this guy can't hit. He's not competitive right now. And it was recently I looked in June, he was hitting 108, got a couple hits, but he ends June with a 120 average uh, in that month, which means he's not competitive. He's finally sent down to AAA. Do you think this was the right time or should this have been done a lot earlier? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you on this one. I mean, I, I definitely would have done it earlier. I mean, obviously due to the nature of the rebuild that's going on and the A's are not expecting to win now, they're, yeah. they're willing to give the guys a fairly long leash in the major leagues, give them a long look. But I think, you know, it was pretty apparent, at least after the first couple of months, that things were not getting any better. It's one thing to give a guy a chance to figure things out. But if he ain't figuring things out and he's just doing the same thing he's done, then, you know, what's the point? I think, you know, after a couple of months, he he was ready to go back down to AAA and just take a little pressure off, just take some time to readjust and figure things out. Again, he just, he wasn't really improving at the plate. He wasn't getting any better here. So at that point, you just got to try and do something different. So I'm glad to see that they finally made that move. Like I say, hopefully it takes a little pressure off him. He can go down to Vegas, spend some time just working on things there, adapting his approach and, you know, hopefully getting to be at least a little closer to the hitter that he needs to be to, to be a productive major league player. And there's nothing wrong with going down there and it's a hitter's paradise, whether you're playing at home on the road, desert elevation, dry air, get a little confidence. What's wrong with getting a look, you know, knocking a few balls out of the ballpark, hitting a couple doubles, right, Bill? A little confidence can go a long way. 
I mean, I'll, remember, Matt Olson came back and forth between Oakland and Nashville about half a dozen times. I mean, you know, it, it's not the, the, the end of the world to go down to, to AAA a little bit and figure things out. And again, if, if the guy was figuring things out here, if he was getting a little better, even if it was just marginal, but you could see some real improvement, like, OK, let him keep figuring it out here. But he's not figuring it out here. So let him go down there, try and figure it out in a different environment. Hopefully he comes back a better, more productive player in the future. Yeah, Nashville has become like party town USA. It's where all the bachelor parties and bachelorette parties and everybody just loves it. And I was joking with David Forrest going, Matt Olson may be the only guy that hates Nashville. <laughs> yeah, I remember interviewing him down in Nashville when he was back down there for about the fifth time. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was like, so how do you feel about taking all these flights back and forth to the West Coast? He's like, trust me, I'd, I'd, I'd rather never have to get on a plane again after I get back to Oakland. So but, you know, again, that one that one worked out all right in the end. You know, I hear people when they talk about young players, they talk about time and I go, wow. I don't know I don't know many people who have a lot of time. GMs don't have a lot of time. <laughs> Managers don't have a lot of time. So whenever you hear these national baseball guys, "Oh, you got to have time. You got to have all these at bats." I like, "Well, I see guys getting fired all the time. I don't know. You got to win. You don't win, you're only going to get so much time." And I look at, you know, a lot of our young guys and I look at all these drafts cuz you know, Matt Matt Olson came up as a first-round pick. Matt Chapman, those guys were drafted a long time ago. I'm looking at these other organizations. They're pulling up guys 22, 23, 24. I mean, I don't think you're that young at 25, 26, especially 27. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the days of he needs 8,000 at-bats in the minor leagues before he's in the <laughs> – no. you. I mean, we need some guys who can play. We're, do we have any young guys that can play? Well, I'll tell you, most of them are, you know, of, of the younger variety at this point. Um, obviously, probably the, the next closest guy to the major leagues is, is catcher Shea Langoliers at Vegas. You know, he's leading the A's minor league system in home runs. He's got 13 home runs. He's taking a lot of walks. He's hitting about 270. He's playing great behind the plate, works great with pitchers. So we do have what appears to be a major league ready catcher available at AAA. Of course, last year's top draft pick, Max Muncie, only 19. He's also got 13 home runs. He's leading the A's minor league system in walks. So he's doing a great job at Stockton, but he's still just 19. Now, the previous year's first round pick, as you well know, catcher Tyler Soderstrom, he's at Lansing. He also just hit his 13th home run last night. Um, hasn't been so good on the batting average this year, but he's definitely showing the power. But you may be glad to know that Tyler Soderstrom has actually spent more time at first base this season than he has at catcher. So, you know, they're not they're they still want him to have that catching ability, that catching tool. They're still going to, you know, work with that, but they're also not putting all their eggs in that basket. He's been playing plenty of first base this year as well, which should hopefully help speed his uh, his rise to the to the major leagues. Yeah, he's a prodigy kid for God's sakes. His dad, I actually played against his dad in college. Uh, Steve, I mean, this kid grew up in a baseball, the factory that they've built down there teaching guys. I mean, and I'm like, he played some short in high school. Obviously, he's an athlete. Why are we wasting our time with him at catcher? Ray Fossey would tell you all you do is get beat up. If this kid (laughs) is that athletic and he can hit, find somewhere else for him to play because, Bill, 
it, it's going to be a faster way to the big leagues if you believe that Murph or Langoliers is the future. What's the fastest way for, for a solid storm to get here? It's going to be playing somewhere else. Yeah, and, and there's, a, there's a lot to learn as a catcher, especially coming just out of high school. I mean, he was basically, you know, catching 17-year-olds, you know, just a couple years ago. So there's a lot to learn to become a major league catcher. That's a long process. So, you know, again, it's valuable if he can catch. That's a great skill to have. But, you know, if he can play first base, that is definitely going to help get that bat to the major leagues a lot quicker. And so, you know, they're kind of hedging their bets, doing a little of both at this point. Um, Again, he's been showing plenty of power this year, uh, 13 home runs at Lansing, which, uh, you know, isn't the big hitters park. Um, He's only hitting, I think, about 240 at this point. But still, he's showing that power. He's still just 20 years old. So, you know, he could be a guy that, uh, that moves along pretty quickly. I mean, you know, I wouldn't think next year, but, you know, maybe by 2024, you know, he, he could be major league ready. And then, like I said, Max Muncie, 19-year-old at Stockton, is just uh, right behind him there. Does it scare you at all that when you look at these guys and you say home runs, walks, and you go, ah, oh, that's great, I don't like seeing 233. You're hitting 233 <laughs> in A ball. You're hitting 233 or 236 or 240 in double A. Man, strikeouts, walks, home runs, the three true outcomes have done in a lot of teams lately. Yeah, and, and, to, and to be honest, a lot of A's, uh, minor league hitters, you know, fit that profile. There's a lot yeah. of them that are hitting home runs, getting walks, but the batting average isn't so high. That's the case both with uh, Muncie and Soderstrom. Muncie's hitting around 235, I think. Soderstrom sitting around 240, both of them uh, hitting home runs, taking walks. But the strikeout rates are high as well, you know. So uh, we got a lot of, you know, Jack Cust uh, <laughs> potential don't here. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't I know say you, that. I know you love to hear that. <laughs> oh, I can't live through that again. <laughs> but, but the good thing is when they're that young, when they're 19 or 20, and they are at least taking walks, that does show a skill that a lot of those younger guys don't have. Because a lot of those younger prospects are just free swingers. They're not selective. They don't know how to look for the right pitch. And, you know, at least if they're uh, they're showing that kind of discipline early on, that is a good sign. Um, you, you know, you, you may have heard that uh, our one of our former top prospects, Robert Paulson, was sent down from Stockton to the uh, ACLA. So he's back in Arizona. And, you know, one of his problems was, you know, striking out over 40% of the time. He certainly hasn't shown any any selectivity at all. Um, so, you know, that it, that's, that's a good skill to see when guys are able to take walks at a young age and show a little plate discipline at that stage of the game. You just thoroughly depressed me. No, I had not <laughs> heard that. Robert Poisson was offered and signed for $5.1 million. 5.1. Yep. He's been around pro ball since he was, what, 16? Oh, younger than that. Mm. Okay, so even younger than 16? I, I mean, he, not pro ball, but, I mean, he was being scouted by pro scouts. But how long has he anyway. been in pro ball since how old? Yeah, I guess it would have been, I guess it would have been uh, 16 or 17. So, and he's now 19? Yeah. So we've given a guy that much money. He's been around pro ball that pro pro ball that long. We've sent him back. We've sent him back to the Dominican. Uh, not not to the Dominican to Arizona. The uh, oh to the play Arizona. for the ba- to play for the baby A's. 
Yes, exactly. At the, oh, at the uh, he's at the complex there in Arizona. So yeah, the ACLAs. He's been playing there. So I mean, that, he was hitting, you know, hitting under two hundred, striking out all the time. And in his second year at Stockton, I mean, he had a full season there last year. So a lot of times you expect a guy repeat a level to have learned a lot and make yeah. a lot of progress, but that didn't seem to be the case. I mean, he's just. He's got so many holes in his swing, and he's such a free swinger. You know, he just hasn't shown any discipline. Again, he's still just, you know, a teenager. But, um, you know, if he's going to work out, it's going to be a long, you know, it's going to be a long process. You know, it it ain't going to happen overnight, that's for sure. You know, the international draft, I'm all for. I was reading an article in The Athletic about how shady a lot of this stuff is. With certain guys and people who are their handlers and, you know, they're living with certain people. I mean, it was a very good article, and it's like, wow. Uh, Baseball really doesn't want you to know when they're going and signing certain international players just how dirty the business is, and the international draft could change that. I don't know if it makes it better. I don't know enough about it. But what I do know is this. The problem with a guy with Robert Poisson, we'll just use him as an example, is that he's never played baseball. He's always been a tryout kid. So here he was, a big, you know, he had size, he had speed, he had power, he had whatever. And, you know, Miguel Cabrera was this kid years ago in Venezuela, but turned out to be obviously an all-time great. But they basically just try out, and they constantly yeah. just practice. They never actually play in games, so you never know at this early age are they going to be good players. You just know they practice really well, and you offer them this crazy amount of money, and it's a crapshoot. Yeah, I, I was I was just about to use that term. I was going to say that the international signings are a total crapshoot uh, because you know it's so different from. Uh, the United States, where, look, kids grow up playing Little League, grow up playing travel ball. I mean, they're playing competitive baseball their whole childhood. And in the Dominican, that's not the case. It's like you said, they're basically just sort of trying out and showing off. I mean, I talked to the ace assistant general manager, Dan Feinstein, at one point about this. He's very involved in the international signings. And, you know, I'd asked him, how do you, you know, how can you really evaluate these yeah. kids? And he really said, you know, honestly, it's just raw tools. You're just looking at raw tools. You can't really get a sense of how they're actually going to play the game. And that's why the development time takes so much longer with these international prospects, because they really just have to learn how to play baseball. They have to learn all the things the kids who spent their life playing little league and travel ball as teenagers here have already, you know, picked up. So, you know, a kid coming out of high school in the United States definitely has a much much more baseball experience and therefore a much higher baseball IQ than uh, a player coming out of the Dominican who's barely played actual baseball games in their life. There's a lot more for them to learn about the game. Baseball is a very complicated sport. One guy kept hearing his name. He's a big kid. Denzel Clark. Mm. How's he doing in Stockton and are, are you buying him? Oh, yeah, definitely. But first of all, he's not in Stockton anymore. He's in Lansing now. So he's he's already he's already moved up to high A, but he was having a great season in Stockton. The great thing about Denzel Clark, by the way, he was our uh, the A's uh, fourth round draft pick just last year. And he was having a great season at Stockton. He's got so many tools. The great thing is he's got power and speed. Um, and you just don't see that combination so much anymore. Like he kind of reminds me of a little mini uh, Andre Dawson or something. You know, he's hitting lots of wow. home runs, hitting 
hitting lots of doubles, and he's second. Uh, he's got the second most stolen bases in the A's minor league system. He's got 17 stolen bases, and he's a big guy. He's a big, big guy, and he's playing center field. So a guy that can play center field, has speed, can hit for power, um, and like I said, he was just drafted last year, was having a great season at Stockton, is, uh, you know, uh, doing well at Lansing. And, um, you know, if he just keeps this up, he could be a very fast riser. But he looks like a very good pick in the, uh, in the fourth round last year. I think he started out as well as anyone could hope. So for our younger audience, go look up Andre Dawson, Hall <laughs> of Famer. When he played, when he had good knees and he was playing for the Montreal Expos, there wasn't anything that he couldn't do, what you're talking about, Bill. He stole right. bases. He had a rocket arm in right field, power. I mean, he, he and Tim Raines, Gary Carter, those Montreal Expos were so tough. If you got a player like that, I'm excited because that's kind of been my problem. Okay, Kyler Murray wanted to play in the NFL. You screwed that one up, right? A bunch of these first-round picks, all right, you know, A.J. Puck, what a – Where's the, uh, Austin where, Beck, uh, yeah, Lazaro yeah. Armateris? <laughs> Where's the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth? I mean, the top ten rounds, you should be producing some guys that can help you at the big league level. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agreed. And, uh, you know, like I said, the thing that excites me most about Denzel Clark, I mean, is when's the last time you've seen someone come up with the A system who had a combination of power and speed? I mean, you just, you just don't see that often. I mean, usually with the A's, it's guys – just purely with power, like a Matt Olson or a Matt Chapman, yeah. those kind of guys, you know, but a power speed combination, a guy who can play center field, steal bases and hit home runs. That's a pretty rare combo in today's game. So like I said, if this guy can keep it up, it'd be great. And, and you're right. Some of the recent first round picks haven't worked out. Like I mentioned, Austin Beck, you know, he just finally got promoted to double A, um, you know, after many, many years in the A's system and our other top international signing was our Armateris. You know, he's still in high A at this point. So you need some of those those first round picks, those uh, big international signings to pay off. But um, but if they don't, you, you, then you better hit in the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to make things work. But hopefully Denzel Clark is one of those guys that's uh, that's going to hit, uh, at least so far, it looks, looks like a good one. And the A's, most recent two first-round picks so far have looked good. Tyler Soderstrom and Max Muncy. So hopefully things are, uh, you know, move, moving forward on the right track in the future anyway. Yeah, well, and, and then some of the kids that might be playing in the new ballpark when we ever get it, they might be in college or high school right now. <laughs> Let, let's hope they're in college as opposed to high school. But uh, <laughs> we might, Bill, we might be retired by the time these kids uh, well, are ready. I, I was, I was going to say we might be in retirement home watching it on the on the screen in the rec room there. But uh, <laughs> that's entirely possible. Uh, all right, so let's take let's take Pache out of this question. Nick Allen's okay. now here. Let's take him out. Who's in AAA that you see? that legitimately can help this team maybe the rest of this year or into next year? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There, I, For this year, there's not a whole lot. I'd say catcher Shea Langoliers is the top one. I mean, who knows? You know, the A's could – the A's were considering trading Sean Murphy last spring. It's possible they could consider trading him at the deadline. They've got a great catcher at AAA – defensive and offensive skills. So Shea Langoliers could come up at any time this year, but I'd assume he'll certainly be here next year uh, one way or another. Um, 
besides that, you know, most of the guys are here. You know, your friend uh, Vimal Machine is uh, coming coming back up. Vimal Machine, <laughs> right, let's do this. Sky Bolt's back. Your friend Sky Bolt is back as yeah. well. I mean, in the in the infield at Vegas right now, I mean, you've just got familiar names like Kevin Smith and Matt Davidson are down there. In the outfield, you've got familiar names like Louis Barrera. Uh, Billy McKinney. Uh, so, oh, you know, th- there's not a lot of names there that would probably excite you. And in the starting rotation, um, well, as you know, Adrian Martinez is coming back tonight. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, been, he's been striking out an average of 10 guys per nine innings at Vegas. So, so that's good. The only reason his ERA looks a little inflated is because of the home runs he's been giving up at Vegas, but everyone gives up. Yeah, that doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. So, but in the in the rotation there, besides Martinez, you've got your you know Zach Logue, um, you know Adam Aller was a starter there. Jared Koenig's back there. Um, so those are kind of the guys that are AAA right now, and you know most of the more promising guys are a little step behind that, like maybe your Zach Geloffs at AA or your Max Schumanns at AA or your Logan Davidsons at AA, your Brett Harris's at AA. Um, so, yeah, but in terms of AAA, I'd say Shea Langoliers is the most immediate uh, help there. And otherwise, it's a lot of familiar names, you you know, you've seen and known before um, on the AAA Vegas roster at this point. Yeah, I mean, I look at Martinez. We saw him in the back half of a doubleheader. He looked good. I mean, sinker, slider, change, threw him in all counts, got a win. He's part of the Manaya deal. It's like, yeah, that's great. Let's see him. Let's see how he can. Sure. This this will excite me the rest of the way. I mean, no offense to a guy like Matt Davidson. I already know. I already know he's strikeout or home run. Can't play defense. Yeah. He's thirty one years old. He doesn't do anything for me. So if you can give me some young players to watch, I can kind of get excited about that. By the way, looking at your backdrop, is that an Austin Powers? You got Elvis. And Austin Powers? That's an Austin Powers pinball machine oh, behind me here. Oh, that is awesome. <laughs> and, and that is Elvis in the background uh, there as well. <laughs> Austin Powers pinball machine? Oh, I bet that. I bet when people come over, they go, turn it on, let's go. Oh yeah, no. This is this is a great uh, great little item. The next time we do this, I'll ha- I'll have it turned on for you, and uh, we can fire a few balls, and you can see how it works. There's a lot of great audio oh, uh, clip clips from the movie that play too, so you hear all the characters and everything as. You're yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> you hear that plenty. There's also a little Austin Powers uh, figurine in there that dances around uh, uh, when things get too shagadelic. So, ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days pinball. Well, keep your phone on. <laughs> We're going to be calling you a lot down the stretch and keep asking, like, who can help? We need help. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going, to, it's going to be a season where plenty of help will be called for. I think we all recognize that. And, and, <laughs> and, and seriously, thank you for everything you do for A's Cast. Your reports and what you do for us is fantastic. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate it. All right. You be well. You too. Bill does a great job covering the A's minor league system for us. Um, and all the audio he provides for A's cast is great. And, and yeah, we, we're having the worst month in the history of the A's. What are we, 5-20? and 20? I don't know. My, you, you hid my notes from me. Uh, yeah, 5-20. and 20. They're trying to go 6-20. and 20. Worst record ever in the history of the Oakland Athletics franchise was in, two, uh, in 1979 when the team went 5-24, and 24, I think, in the month of June. So they're not going to get there this year. Get to six and twenty, and I mean, you could say you won six games in June. Because if you keep going on this trend right now, and you win five games a month the next three months, 
you're at 40 wins. That's worse than the 20, 2003 Detroit Tigers. The one, 43 games that year. Okay, so I want to say this is kind of updated. You moved my notes, so I don't know. But what have we lost, 22 of 27? Correct. We've lost 22 of 27. What was the score yesterday? Uh, 5-3. So we've been outscored. I think I have it here. Because I put that in the playbook, didn't They've I? They've been outscored 145-71, to 71, so that's a minus 74 run differential. If I, did, if I did it right, updating what you had in there. So, yes. Because I know this wasn't. Yeah, because you have 140-68. to 68. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, 145-71. Minus 74 run differential. In the lat. And didn't get beat that bad in New York. No, they actually. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, just Aaron Judge and John Carl. Like, as you said the other day, all they do is hit home runs. Oh, no, but look at their starting rotation. Oh, look at their steel base. Okay, okay. Mark my words. Look at everybody. Everybody, even I got to be I, – I don't want to call anybody out, but – You're going to call someone out? <laughs> That's how this works. You know me too well, don't you? No offense, but – But I'm going to offend you right now. Yeah. All the Yankee – Gushing even on our own stuff was a little much for me. Let's just say. Oh, really? I mean, if you paid attention to everything we do, you would thought the Yankees have already won the World Series. Wait, they haven't? It's June. They've already won the World Series. Well, I'm I'm wondering. uh... Oh, my God, they steal bases. Oh, they play defense. Oh, their starters are bullpen. Oh, the Aaron Judge is the greatest player. Oh, on and on and on. How many times have we done this and they haven't been to the World Series since 2009? 2009 was a long time ago. Uh, that was um, it's a long thir- time ago. That was 13 years ago. It's a long time ago. And was, by the way. I was 20 then. All these other teams that don't have all this keep winning the World Series. Who won last year? The Braves. Did the Braves have Aaron Judge? Uh, no. Did they have the best pitching staff? But. No, but they did have Freddie Freeman. Did they have the best? Did they? No, did, they were. Were their stats the best? No, they weren't even over five hundred until August. Were the Nats the best when they won? <laughs> they were nineteen and thirty-one through fifty games. But everybody's telling me uh, if I watch, if I paid attention to anything the last three days, the Yankees are the greatest baseball team who's ever lived. Yeah, I've, well, I mean, not just here; it's everywhere. The Yankees are the best team that ever has ever played. But our organization saying it. It's one thing if you're in New York and you cover the team, you should do that. You should celebrate it. You should. I mean, if that was the A's, I'd be doing the same thing. You know who's not great for them? But I'm not a Yankee person, so why am I gushing so much? What What does that do for me? I'm not. I'll tell you one guy around the A's that wasn't gushing over everything Yankees. It's this guy. You- My God, it was. I even like. Our own pregame show, I had to take my headset off. I was tired of hearing it. The only guy on the Yankees that's a disappointment right now would be Joey Gallo. Wow, we were supposed to trade for him last year, too. Yeah, he's not not doing so Uh, good. The Freddie Freeman stuff? We'd have to get into that. If not, we'll get into it tomorrow. There's a lot there. You know that that, that saying, you got to let it play out? Yeah. It's starting to play out. You're starting to realize... This was a botched negotiation that changed this man's life, not his career, his life, in such a way 
And now he has to live with this decision that clearly he's not comfortable with. Not at all. He's crying on Sunday. Forget Friday. He's crying on Sunday. He did not want to leave this team. His agents didn't do him right. But and then I now understand if you're the Dodgers, right? You're the you're you're his Dodgers teammates, and you're sitting there going, "Bro, I get it, but you're with us now. Suck it up, Buttercup." It's not a good look. And then what did I tell you the other day after all this stuff came coming? I said, "How funny would it be if Freddie Freeman was traded back to the Braves for Matt Olson?" Because that you said that, and I went, uh, "It's Cody being Cody." Now it's like. Would the Dodgers say, listen, we know this guy doesn't really want to be here. And he's 32. Matt Olson's deal is pretty cheap because you look at the length. Do you think the Dodgers would say, yeah, we'll take Matt Olson from you? We'll and he's just swap him back. And he's younger. You he's can put a him in lot the, younger. And you can put him in that Dodgers team where he has young What's players. Four-year difference? 32 yeah, to 28? Yeah, yeah. Bellinger's Olsen's 20, 28. At 28, yeah. Freeman's 32. you got Bellinger's young. Mookie's still pretty young. He's 29, going to be 30. Uh, Gavin Lux Mookie's is young. not even 30 yet. Uh, if not, he's, he might. Come on. Don't tell me that. Mookie that is. That makes me. That Mookie won't be 30 until October 7th. Mookie's not even 30 yet. Uh, by the way, we're calling Dave Sims, so I'll just let you know we have him. We can talk to him what's going on with the Mariners. I want to make sure he's okay. After that brawl. So, Logan Gilbert, by the way, they just keep winning Logan Gilbert starts. He's 4-1 with a 2.21 ERA in his last six starts. Seattle has won five of those six starts. How's the fun differential going for the Mariners? Not great, but they are, they've won seven of their last nine. Yeah, but they're 35-41. Uh, and 41. I thought it was 36 and 41. I got maybe, maybe I looked at it wrong. But either way, they're still 12 and a half games out of first place. That's something we really haven't talked much about, but it is a reality, is how many teams in the American League just don't have a chance? Uh, I think we got into it a little bit. Well, we talked about how many teams are under 500. No, the notes are wrong today. They are 36 uh, and 41. That's right. I knew I was right. All right. Oh, great. You're 36 and 41. You're still 12 and a half games out of first place. How many out of the wild card? Oh, hey. five and a half. Better pick it up, Boston. Do you know the A's? Were, I didn't. Even, I, I haven't looked at this in a while. And it, now, wow, we're a hundred. We're minus one fourteen in run differential. Well, it was minus seventy four in the last twenty seven. <laughs> we're minus one fourteen. So that's also oh, not good. Wow, we're twenty three and a and a half games back, and it's not even July. What is the worst run differential in the history of baseball? I'm sure Baltimore owns it. I don't know. They've played this game for 150 years plus. There can be some really bad really, – because you got to remember back in the day when there were less teams, you had to play the good teams more often. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I still think it might be well, – let's see what that – let's see how bad the – I mean, think if you were like a bad – Washington Senators team or a bad Philadelphia Athletics team and you're playing the Yankees how many times or the Red Sox how many times or Detroit was good and you're just getting hammered by these teams. Uh, Detroit's, let's see what their run differential was. Uh, 
I forget where to look for that on base. I'm just looking at the MLB standings. I don't know where to look on. Uh, now Dave Sims is calling my cell phone. So we'll pick it up. Well, here, how about this? I'll just we're on the air, so I'll just text him that we'll try calling again. All right. So you got you got the Red Sox, Toronto, great series. That series over. They got one more. I think it's over. So Blue Jays won the series at Sky Dome. You call it Rogers Center. I call it the Sky. Well, actually, is it? Does it have a new name? No, it's still Rogers so Center. Right. Yeah. I call it the Sky Dome. Uh, Forty, Boston's forty-three and thirty-three. Toronto's forty-two and thirty-three. And your Rays are still hanging in there at forty and thirty-four. Well, they got Franco back. They got. They're getting guys back now. But they're all not even sniffing the Yankees. Well, of course not. No one's sniffing the Yankees. Not even and the then, Dodgers. And then how about Tito and the Indians? Guardians. Guardians with a, another walk-off today. I was watching that at the gym. Uh, another walk-off today. But really, I mean, you're in the American League. It's really tough sledding with how good the East is. Do we have them? Dave, Chris Townsend with the A's. Great to have you on again. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? Well, we wanted to call and just make sure you're okay after that brawl. We wanted to make sure everybody, all of our friends with the Angels and the Mariners were doing okay. Dude, that, that is now so old news. Now the bad <laughs> news is we got to deal with suspension. Uh, suspension when JP starts uh, first of his four days starts tonight. So, you know, that's, you know, I've already forgotten most of that. I mean, it was pretty stupid, to be honest with you. We weren't trying to hit Trout. Trout killed us, but we weren't trying to hit him. And, Eric Swanson pitches at the top of the zone with his fastball. Yeah. Got away, went behind Trout, yada, yada, yada. The John Boy, got to give credit to John Boy, man. They put the, they did a great job putting that whole piece together. Yeah, because, you know, for a team, I mean, I, I you start looking at the Angels and where they are on the season and after that losing streak. I mean, Seattle, you still want to think you got a puncher's chance in this thing. And the last thing is you want to have yeah. a, a couple guys suspended. And I know Rodriguez is only two games, but this kid's absolutely electric. No, he's the real deal. He is going to be fun to watch for a lot of years. Uh, I always say he has the enthusiasm of the two dudes that wore 24, Mr. Mays, Mr. Griffey, and uh, number 21, Mr. Clemente. Uh, and that's, and, and, you know, those are, those are two, those are three raves right there. That's, that's big time, uh, big time praise for sure. You know, when you see him, I, I, you know, we've, every single time we've seen him, he's hitting home runs to right center. He's hitting home runs to left. Just kind of give us a scouting report on his entire game. Well, you just mentioned, I mean, he can, he does everything. He does everything at a high level. He's a fast runner. He's a base dealer, 19 out of 22. He's got a plus arm, covers gap to gap. Um, I mean, he's got everything you could ever want. And, you know, it's must-see TV, you know, when he comes to play. It's real. I mean, it, it's no, there's no heavy heavy thinking on this. The kid's a great player already. And when I think about getting back into this race, because it's going to be really tough, if you don't win your division because how good the East is this year – what really needs to happen for the Mariners to get back on pace and get in this thing? Well, we got to start scoring some freaking runs. I mean, uh, we are, let's see, 12th in runs per game at 3.97. Then they're going to cut it. I mean, they got to get up to at least five. Our starting pitching the last 24, 25 games has been fabulous. Uh, but the, the offense is not matching that output. So I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, now with 
the suspension's coming, and that'll probably last at least kind of last about a week, 10 days. I mean, there's guys going to get opportunities, and they're going to have to flat-out hit. End of story. Well, then the other thing that I've seen looking at you guys, you got to get better at home also. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, 17 and 19 is not going to cut it. So that's, you know, that's, that's freaky night. Season's not over right now. So, you know, it's the nature of baseball. And you got room for improvement. You know, hopefully we made a miracle, miracle run late last year. Uh, we got a little bit more time to, to get things tightened up here right now. So we'll see what happens. So with the A's coming to town, and obviously our ball club is in shambles, worst, worst month that the Oakland A's have ever had. You know, when you look at this series, how does Seattle have to view this? Do they have to view this for sure three out of four, if not a sweep? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not going to get guys to say that, but that's the way he definitely clearly, given looking at the numbers, and given the fact that the uh, A's came in here last month and everybody was like, oh, there's three we're going to get, and we're out of losing two out of three. Um, yeah, that's the only way you can think. I mean, you got you got a team that's down, you got to, you got to, have to but you got to kick him. I've been on both ends, so you know that that's what we're dealing with here. Well, and you got the right guy leading off the series. Just talk about how hot Logan Gilbert has been, and when he pitches, the Mariners win. Yeah, he's got plus plus stuff. Every and, you know, starting with his demeanor. You know, he's fearless. He's a young kid. Uh, he's got good stuff. He can adjust on the fly. He and Cal Raleigh, the catcher, you know, it's a great relationship. He gets, you know, just a touch out of line or out of St. Cal's able to figure it out and get him back in. So he's uh, he's becoming an ace. I mean, Robbie Ray's been on fire, too. Yeah, like I said, the starting pitching's been phenomenal the last 25 games. Just got to get the offense to pick it up. Yeah, I was doing a show with Dave Stewart, and obviously Stewart been around Robbie Ray, and, you know, it was like I'm, I, I he's got to get better. He will be better. Uh, just what have you seen from the start? You know, you switch teams. Uh, you come over as a free agent. Just talk about what you saw in the beginning and what you see now with Robbie Ray. Well, the difference right now is the two seam, you know, the two seamer, which he can sink. He can sink it into, uh, he can sink it in the left. Uh, I mean, in the right-handers if they're back foot. That's been very effective. He's got you know the fastball and the slider, and adding that third pitch. He did that a few weeks ago against Boston. Like all of a sudden, yeah, they were all all over swinging it for second pitch. Um, He's added that pitch into what is it, the last 27 innings. He's given up hardly any runs right in front of me, but it's phenomenal. Something like, I don't know, he's got a 20, 29 strikeouts. He's given up like three, four hits and like two, three runs during that time. He's figured some things out, and he is a guy that has set a really good example for the ball club and the rest of in terms of work ethic and studying and looking videotape and talking to analytics boys. Uh, it's going really well. You know, one thing we've always talked about in Oakland is you got to force Billy Bean and David Force to to be guys to go out and make moves at the deadline. You got to give them a reason to do it. Obviously, this year everybody's going to be looking at pitching. They're going to be looking at Frankie Montas. But when you talk Jerry Depoto up there and the Pacific Northwest, as you mentioned, you may need help offensively. Do you think that where the team is and what do they need need to do to make Jerry say, yes, we're going to be players, yes, we need to get more bats by the deadline? I, I think the surprise would be if he doesn't do that. I fully expect something, at least a move to be made along those lines. We'll see what it's going to be, but he's generally been pretty aggressive and very proactive. So uh, the, the, the story will be if he doesn't do anything. 
Hey, we always appreciate the time. Be well. Have a good call tonight and enjoy this four-game set. You bet, man. Be well. Take care, Chris. Later. Dave Sims of the Seattle Mariners join us here as we get you ready for a little A's and Mariners, a four-game set. Adrian Martinez against Logan Gilbert. As I said, Logan Gilbert's been hot, 4-1 and one with a 2.21 ERA in his last six starts. Seattle's won five of those six contests. Um, last time the A's saw the Mariners wasn't good. Uh, a sweep, right? Yeah. 19-3 to three was the, the run scored to runs you were outscored by, or outscored to run scored. Yeah, you can just say outscored. Yeah, well, it's okay. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. It is what it is. Well, at least you can see Adrian Martinez again. It only took him what a month and Wait, a half. What, what 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 are we? We're five and twenty in June. Uh, correct. To so make it six and twenty, start July off great. But I said, if you keep trending the same way with these games, you're winning. You're going to fall behind what Detroit did in 2003, and they were 43 and 119. You don't want to be there because again, they're already. They're on pace to have the. Well, where are you going to win if you don't win at home, and you you started out okay on the road? Now it's like ah, oh, back on the road they can win some games. Now you're not winning on the road. You don't win at home. You don't win on the road. The the home record is, uh, I don't know how to explain that. The eight and twenty eight at home. I mean that's that one's head scratching. I mean even bad baseball teams and bad sports teams overall are usually not bad at home, like. You know, those we, we bring it up. I've heard you bring it up on, on post game. We've mentioned on here when the Pirates were bad, they were actually decent at home. They just weren't good on the road. They can't win on the road, but they won games at home. You got to be good somewhere. Yeah, I mean, where the A's are the reverse splits, they're actually way better on the road than they are at home. I've never seen something like this though. Like I think I still have the Troy's page up from uh, two thousand three because I never got a chance to see what they're. They're uh, fun, I mean, run differential, not fun They're fun differential? I don't think that was a thing then. Scott Service, who's going to join Vince. On Ace Total Access today. Good. Uh, the Detroit was, okay. So, the year Detroit lost 119 games, they were 23-58 and 58 at home. They were 20-61 and 61 on the road. Okay, so this is a team that won 43 games, lost 119 games. They were shut out. 17 times that year. The A's have been shut out nine so far. I hate to bring it up, but that's what you're you're pacing towards that. I mean, the worst team in Oakland A's history was 1979 when they went 54 and 108. The worst team under Billy Bean, I think, lost 94 games, and that was back in 2015 and 2016. I mean, you might blow by that. It's but we got the BCDC vote today. That's true. It was Always bring it back to positive. 23 to 2. And we got our we, focus is now on the Oakland City Council on July 5th. The council will have an advisory vote on the project about the waterfront project on the November ballot. So still some places to go. Still some votes to go. I want binding. You know what I want? Binding votes? Binding votes. What's that hashtag that Casey Pratt uses all the time? Binding vote season. He's always putting that out on Twitter. Is he? Yeah. Good for him. Him and Brody have been all over this. So I'm glad we were able to get Brody on. It's just I'm tired of it's a meeting. It's a this. It's a hearing. It's a blah, 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 blah. 
Let's get some business going here. Let's get some binding. Let's get some people on record. Well, this vote and this vote and that vote and that hearing and that meeting. Lots of meetings. Lots of hearings. I want binding votes. I want people that's yes or no, let's go. That could be like a little saying. Yes or no, let's go. What was the one you had earlier for me? The saying? It was a boat race? No, no, no. Before the show started, you said about... Where attention goes, energy flows. There it is, yeah. So maybe we should use that for this. Well, we'll have Dave Cavill on tomorrow. July 5th is like five days from now. That's Tuesday. When did we... July 4th night fireworks? Yeah. We've never done that. Yeah, well, we are this year with... Toronto. No, 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 no. Some of us are. What do you mean? We're, we're probably going to do a show that day. Some of us are doing it. Oh, oh. oh. Some of us. Because think- normally what I do, I got to work every year. I'm in. You know me. I work. I don't take the holidays off. I'm like Jim Harbaugh. Oh, my God. Did I, did, I, did I send you that? I don't think so. Oh, I got, I got, when were we doing Harbaugh? I don't even know how Harbaugh got, got. Harbaugh came up on my feed for something. And I saw the most ridiculous quote from Jim Harbaugh. It was the best. And I can find it actually because I sent this out not too long ago. Are you ready for this? Always. Always ready for Harbaugh. Uh, What are you doing? I'm trying to. We're still having – that's why we're – if anyone's wondering why we're only using one camera on the show right now. I don't think anyone's really caring. Well, I'm just trying to fix this because it keeps – when I leave this camera on with both, it keeps showing that the Internet signal strength is low. But when I turn this camera off, the Internet goes back to full speed. So I'm trying to figure out why. And I can't do it all – I can only do it whenever I get a chance to get up. And when there's a guest on, I can't because I have to have – When's our next guest? 5.30. All right. You know what? Here's where we're going. I'm going to give you an opportunity to fix this. Coming up next, this might be the most ridiculous quote in the history of quotes. Am I overselling that? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I don't know what the quote is. So I, all right. Well, then you, you're going to have to wait. It's all coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty. Cody's in a panic. Panic at, the, panic at the disco. It's not a bad band, actually. I don't know if you listen to them, but they're not bad. No, I just love the name. They have some good songs, or as the kids now say, bangers, slaps, slappers. I don't know. That's what that's what the Gen Zers say. They're saying slappers. 
That's what they say. This song slaps. I don't know what that means, but so I'm what, not even that old. What we need to do now is, since no one can see you anyway, you need to stand up and move that camera so they can see, because it's just going to be odd like this. Uh, yes. So let me, one thing at a time. It's hard when you're doing eight jobs at once. Oh, God. Sound like my wife. You know, just just do it. Everybody complains. Just make it happen. That should be another solution. You know, I want Last Dive Bar to put put a put to put it put a shirt together. It says, "Just make it happen." Nobody wants to hear why. So one of our cameras isn't working. So what do you do? And that's the great thing about a show like this. You just make the adjustment. See, and we're right back in business. There you go. There's the wonderful set. Now you see Ray Fossey. You see Ricky, the addition of Nolan Ryan. If you're listening on athletics.com slash AceCast, you're not seeing it, but we appreciate you as also. You got the great white shark that, um, unfortunately, did you? I sent you that, right? The thing about the great white shark down. Uh, um, if we're with Pacific Grove, we talked about this Pacific on the show. Grove. Yeah, we talked about it on the show the other day. 20-foot great yeah. white shark attacked the guy? Yeah. That's from the, they judge it from the bite marks, which is insane. 20-foot. I'm, I'm scared of a 20-foot putt, let alone a 20-foot shark. Yeah, that's that seems uh, a bit large. Do you realize how big of a shark that at 20 feet? I'm pretty sure you said it was a great white. It has to be a great white. I don't know other sharks. A tiger shark? How big does a tiger shark get? Not 20 feet. You're the shark guy here. I'm just a shark's. Wait for it. Fan. Wow. So a great producer. Jim Harbaugh said oh, the this. Quote. Thank you. Noel Ryan also on the. So what we're going to do is, I forgot, we got to get something from Brody on here in uh, NBC Sports California. We need to get something from every team we're playing. So if we're playing the Angels, we got what? Uh, my wife has a batting helmet cap thing. It's kind of like, the, it's the ace thing, but it's the Angels. All right. Or I can use my pool host uh, 500 home run. We're bobble. playing the Mariners. What do we got? I don't have any Mariner stuff. I should I should something. have an Ichiro thing. I have an Ichiro, I have an Ichiro Sports Illustrated cover for when he's a rookie. How about that? Just got to have something from each team that we play to have them up on the set. We got Texas already. I brought you a Texas uh, ice cream helmet cap thing as well. I will say this. The Rangers, they got clean unis. They do. They've always a red, white. I mean, it's red, white, and blue. How can you screw it up? For sure. And then the other one, um, who are we forgetting? Oh, the Astros. Which we'll, maybe we'll get into this tomorrow because we're going to have shooting in a few minutes. The development of the Astros, you, me and you were talking about this yesterday after you're done with postgame. I did some digging looking at how good the Astros are. That international draft might affect them more than you think because they develop a lot of guys from the Dominican. I've heard a lot of people use the, well, you tank and you get better. And, I, and I'm like, well, I've watched a lot of teams tank and stay in the tank. Yeah, it's the Sixers, how long it took for them to get good again in basketball. I don't buy, I, I've never bought tanking. But a lot of people went, say, the Astros did it. How many people have said that in our industry? The Astros did it. Well, that's usually the first one, or the Cubs did it. That's the first Astros did it. 
and you're like, they've been winning now for years, and it has nothing to do with tanking. Look, you got Bregman. It's one player. All, all the tank drafts, mm-hmm. Carlos Carrera's gone. They got Kyle, uh, Kyle Tucker that year, too. Okay, God. Are you saying the reason why they no, won a World yeah. Series? Or they've Tucker been, wasn't even on the team. They've been to three World Series. They've been to five straight ALCSs because of Kyle Tucker. I mean, they are built not because of the Jeff Lunau, tear it down, let's suck to get draft picks. That's not why they – and by the way, Bregman the last two years haven't been that great anyway. Uh, he has not. And Kyle Tucker drafted the same year. Uh, drafted three picks after Bregman because if you remember, Bregman was – they drafted Brady Aiken the year prior, number one overall. He didn't sign, so the Astros got the number two pick the, from the year – the next year, and they took Bregman, and then at pick five, their original pick from losing 92 games, they took Kyle Tucker. So that's who they got. And Tucker didn't debut in the, in the, with the Astros until the year after. He didn't start playing a full a, – a, more than 30 games until 2020 when he was 23. And at this point, they're going to the World Series. They've been in the ALCS every year. So, stop. Guys like Urquidy, Framber Valdez, these guys have nothing to do with the tanking. Nothing. All of these guys that they got rolling right now got nothing to do with tanking. Stop it. Stop. You have to take I, – I, I get callers all the time. Well, what the A's are doing dra- – Okay. Maybe we get the number one pick. What's he going to be, Mark Appel and flame out and then show up someday and somebody's bullpen and everybody gets excited? Yes, it is a great story. But still, Mark Appel was drafted with the number one overall pick and now he's debuting as a Philly at 30? 30. Yay. I, I got a, if we get to it, I got a buying or selling question on him for you. By the way, the Jim Harbaugh? Oh, yeah. What's here for the your 4th of July? I don't take vacations. I don't get sick. I don't observe major holidays. I'm a jackhammer. <laughs> what the one of my favorite ones he ever said was <laughs> besides when he told Tim Tim Kawakami it's in the constitution Tim is when he said something about Abraham Lincoln coming in here with a top hat and the frock and some, it was when well, they were playing Seattle or something, and he was talking about Abraham. I was like, how's Abraham Lincoln? What's he have to do? He has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. One of my favorites was uh, they put him out in front of season ticket holders when they were getting ready. Like, you know, they're, they're starting to build Levi Stadium, and he had a shovel in his hand. Oh, yeah. And he was like, the Niners, yeah, with a shovel and a sword in another hand, we're going to – Take over the NFL, and you're just like this guy is a nut. I love it. I love it. I'm a. I don't take vacations. I don't get sick. I don't observe major holidays. I'm a jackhammer. Such a great quote. <laughs> but I do. I'm here every holiday for you, A's fans. What you, you're working July? Are you saying we're doing? A, are we officially announcing we're doing a show on July Fourth? Let's talk tomorrow. But I think so. See, look at that. I'm working on July 4th. I don't get July 4th. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Shooty Babbitt, Shooty Babbitt's going to be in the weeds somewhere. He can't even tell anybody. He's like a he's like an army ranger. He's going to be out in the weeds somewhere scouting on July 4th. How are you, Shooty? Deep, 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 deep in the weeds, Tony. <laughs> What's up, bro? 
How you doing, man? I don't. A little late where I am, but it's all good. Yeah, I do, I, do, I do not tell people where you are. It's a secret mission every single time you go out, and all you're trying to do is find players for the green and gold. Bottom line, trying to get better, uh, making sure that we scout our entire earth uh, and make sure we're in position when it's time to strike. That's what a scout does. When you're out on the road all these years – how much, or may, maybe they haven't changed that much. Ha, have players changed a lot? What have you seen? I don't think talent changes. I don't think skill set changes. I think philosophy, approach, uh, theology to a certain degree. But I don't uh, – the good ones stand out. The guys that impact the game, the guys that have a skill uh, that's playable, that impacts the game, it can't hide. Um, when you get to a certain level, especially at the double-A level and up, um, you've got accumulation of numbers, um, stats, history, reputation, all of that goes into the mix. And what are you doing right now? Can you take that to the next level? And that's the barometer here. Yeah, talent is still talent. There's no question about that. Have you seen a level of play over the years? Maybe guys a little more experienced because of all the showcases, the travel ball, maturity, playing baseball year-round, maybe not playing football and basketball, soccer, and other sports, have you seen a difference in the player at all in that uh, in that aspect? Yeah, that's a great question, Tony. I just feel that the guys that love the game, that have identified that they have an opportunity to play at the next level, that hasn't changed. Those guys play. They play all year long. Um, as a scout, when I used to scout high school and college kids and younger, I would always tell kids to play all sports. Don't play baseball or one sport all year long because you don't know what you're good at or what you might like um, if you don't try it. And I think some sports, basketball, football, um, it tells you a lot you know, about your fortitude a little bit because you've got sports where there's some one-on-one combat. There's defense that you have to play. There are times that you have to – figure out, make adjustments, I think it's all relevant. But I've always been a guy that loved the athletes. I'm the guys that can do some things that impact the game. Um, when I was first brought into the game as a scout, it was with the Atlanta Braves, and they were big on player development. They said, you get us those guys with tools, and we'll teach them how to play. And if they come, they come big. But I think because of the emphasis on the travel ball and the showcases, there's a lot of exposure there's a lot of polished guys that pretty much tap out early on um, because they're fully grown at 15 or 16 years old because of all the weightlifting, all the supplements, the overdosage in the game, and sometimes they get burnt out. So there's a lot to go in it. You've got a lot of guys that are teaching philosophies and theories that may not have played a whole lot of baseball, but they've studied a lot, and they, awfully, they, they honestly feel that uh, what they've learned is applicable. But, man, I just don't think there's no replacement for experience. Uh, to do it is to know. Uh, and not to be able to do it is to know how tough it is to do it if you've tried. So um, things have changed, but the game is the same. It's four bases are played in a mound and nine guys on each side going mano a mano until the last out is made. I always like it when guys play football, as long as you can stay away from that major injury because football is such a team game. And plus, no matter how big you are, 
no matter how strong you are, you're going to get your bell rung, you're going to get your ass kicked, and you, now you kind of find out, okay, who am I, and do I have the will to fight back? That is going to happen in football. There's a lot of will. That's why I always like people to at least experience football, some toughness. You mentioned something about heart. Now, I go to baseball reference. I don't find any analytics that tell you about heart, Shooty. I don't find any kind of analytic that Bill James or any of the knockoff Bill James guys came up with heart. How do I put heart into numbers when they're telling me this game is all about data? What does the data and heart say? Well, it can't tell you, and that's why you still have guys like myself who are out there eyeballing, who are out there smelling it, out there seeing it, out there looking guys in the eye and seeing them in situations when the game is on the line or when a guy is shoving it up against him, and if he can make an adjustment, if he can shorten up, if he can shorten the swing up, if he can choke up, if he can stand there and fight, extended bats until he gets an opportunity that he can put something in play. You can't, uh, it's some of those things you can't analyze unless you see it. Some guys are better in the clutch than other guys. Some guys just really run from competition. They don't want any part of it. They're a king of the two out hits with nobody on base, and there are guys that want no part of that when your game is on the line with two outs and the game on the line. Yeah, that is so true. It's like some guys want to be the dude, and some guys just don't. Yes, indeed. Uh, when you're looking right now for the Oakland Athletics and you're looking like, like what is the key that you guys are looking for now? I, I know certain organizations look for certain characteristics and players. What are you looking for? Is there anything specific? Well, the best thing that my boss, Dan Feinstein, told me when he blessed me and hired me, because every team has a different way of going about doing things, how they write reports, how they evaluate players. And the thing that he told me, he, shoot, he said, Shooty, what we brought you over here for is to help us find good players. And that was just music to my ears. I mean, don't be out there trying to uh, figure something out or dreaming on a guy that you know don't play at the next level. Go out and find us good players. So I know how the game is played. I know what plays and what doesn't. Uh, I know what guys are going to have to go out there and give everything, give a little bit of everything. So there's a profile for each position. Um, even though I know guys move around a little bit now, the more athletic guys have an opportunity to hang around because they can play multiple positions. If you're a big slobber mouth guy with not a lot of athletic ability but some bats to ball, then you know, this guy might have a chance to hit for power. But you go out, you look at those guys, you watch them in preps, you watch them in BP, you watch them in infield, you watch them for five or six games, and you find out everything, pretty much what they can and what they can't do. And that's how you get your reports together and how you evaluate a guy. But in my 28 years of experience, you could go out for five-game series and see a guy do a few things and come back a couple of minutes later, and he might be a different player. I mean, he pretty much has the same makeup of what he is, but a lot of times he performs differently. So that's why you've got to understand his tool set and what his tools play and where they play and how they will play. I mean, there's a lot of projection here at times when you're talking about 19 and 20 and 21-year-old kids, but... I guess the difference today, especially with all the things that have happened over the past couple of years, is that their guys are a little older in some of the lower leagues uh, by necessity and sometimes by um, lack of inventory. Um, so sometimes you're, you're prone to hang on to some of these guys a little longer, especially if they can do something. 
like you see a guy in double A that may not have a whole lot of velo, but he can pitch a little bit. He can under, he can pitch backwards. He can maneuver through a lineup uh, a couple of times. You take second notice of those guys because that's kind of the guy that's missing right now. It's a velo. It's a high power type game right now. And sometimes you overlook the guys that know how to miss bats that can pitch to soft contact and get quick outs. And before you know it, you're in the sixth inning. This guy's only thrown 55 pitches. Those are the kind of guys that turn your head and that you truly don't mind hanging your hat on sometimes because you know that guy didn't get to the level overpowering guys. He got there by being smart. You know, one thing that you've done a great job in your career is being sent out to look at other teams' players in the minor leagues. Like, who do we want to trade for? If this trade happens at the big league level, who are the guys that we want to get from other teams? That's a completely different form of scouting. And talk us through how you go about that, where I'm now going to look at guys in double-A and A-ball who I want to project their futures, and also how can we make them better if they come over to us? Well, for me as a scout, um, that's not my job in player development. My job is to see it, uh, project where it's going to be, and when I see players, I don't care what their reputation is, what they went in the draft, how much money they got. I'm going to like you, okay, until you make me not, because you're a professional It's a reason. But in order for me to put my name on you, you're going to have to make me love you. There's a lot of times I'll walk away and I say, man, I like that guy, but he just wouldn't let me love him. He couldn't execute that breaking ball and two-strike count. He couldn't command his fastball. He seemed to be running from the bat. Even though I like the velo, I really don't like the fortitude. I'm going to go back and see this guy again. I'm going to go and talk to his pitching coach. I'm going to go talk to somebody that can give me some information about what this guy is made of. It goes to just more than sitting in the ballpark and just watching a guy play for five days and just going to report. You've got to do your homework. You've got to do your research. You've got to talk to people, especially if you love a guy. If I love a guy, oh, man, I'm gonna, I might even go talk to the usher and see if he know anything <laughs> about the guy because if I put my name on him and I put a choir on that dude, I want to make sure that I've got all my – T's crossing my eyes dotted for sure. You're like Columbo. You're a private investigator. Well, it's hard to be a private investigator uh, and working undercover because most of the time I walk into the yard, there ain't but one or two soul brothers in there. So, you know, it's hard for me to hide up in there. But they know what I'm after, <laughs> and I hope the players do too. So um, I just want to see you perform. <laughs> who, who usually gives you the best info about a player? It all depends on what info that you're looking for. Uh, sometimes you can find a disgruntled coach. Uh, sometimes you can sit up in the stands. It used to be great because pitchers used to sit up in the stands and chart, and they used to give it all to you, <laughs> anything that you want to know about this guy. That's so true. <laughs> you know, that's like Jesus Lizardo when I first met him in Midland a few years back. I got a chance to sit back with him, man, and this dude, he crossed. Every, he checked every box, man. The look, the face, the attitude, the confidence. I mean, we saw what he could do on the mound. I was one of the guys who felt that he had a chance to be Johan Santana. I really did. But you know what? I just don't think that he was mature enough to handle the situation that he was in and understood where he was in his in his professional career. And I think that he let that pass him by. I really do. So uh, it takes a lot. County, you're going to be wrong on some guys, 
but you know what? You just keep on going out there until you strike gold, and that's what I'm be hoping to do when I'm out here in the bushes. You know, I, I think about two guys recently that have been uh, topics. You know, one was for us, Zach Grinky in, in Kansas City, and I'm thinking, here's this guy. He's got all the money in the world. There was a lot of question about whether he loves the game. And here Grinky is, still at his age, still wants to play. I applaud that. And then I think uh, of Mark Appel, who was a number, he was a failed number one first overall draft pick, never gave up and just made his debut with the Phillies. I mean, it's kind of like how long, how much heart a guy has, you just never know. But don't those kind of stories, seeing guys just want to play so bad, it's not about the money, it's just playing, doesn't that bring a smile to your face? Oh, well, you're talking about a bona fide pit bull when you're talking to about Granky, man. This dude, ever since he was in high school, he had the same disposition. He just wanted to straight up embarrass you. Straight up take your manhood away from you if you give him an opportunity. Compare extraordinaire. Uh, most of us, County, growing up playing, we didn't play for the money. We played for the love of the game. The money is just part of the game that has grown so expeditiously like it has now is that it gets in the way of decisions made for young kids. When I was signing high school and college kids, I couldn't believe that I was getting turned down sometimes when I was going in the house with a certain amount of money, and they was going to tell me that they were going to, you know, luck, luck, skate, state or somewhere. And here I'm trying to give you an opportunity to fill your dream by playing professional baseball. And they turned their head to that. That baffled me because I was a guy that you'd have felt, thought I got drafted in the first round when the A's called my name in the 25th round. I had a sign to go to UCLA. I could care less. All my life, I wanted to play professional baseball, and I don't regret one bit of Even though I know how valuable that college education would have been to me, I still wouldn't have changed one thing one bit because that's what I dreamed of, and not all of us get an opportunity to do what we've always wanted to do in life. I mean, you got to the big league, Shooty. Hey, man, ain't no league no bigger than that, Tony. It's you know, the experience of playing in the big leagues, I mean, you know, they're talking about the faith of a mustard seed. I mean, here it is right here. But I'm more proud of the association that I've had with this organization for 40-something years um, on the field, more off the field than on the field. And, and it's just the adoration and, and the love that has been shown my way. I would hope that it was because I was a good teammate and I was a guy that played hard and I gave the game everything that I had and I never disrespected the game or the people around me. And you know, because there are some Hall of Fame guys, some guys that had great careers that can't get back in the game because of the way that they treated the people in the game. So uh, I'm proud of it. Um, I don't think the Oakland A's people know how thankful I am for the opportunity and what I'm doing right now because I wouldn't want to be in any other place. So I do not take it for granted. I'm just hoping that that 23-2 vote is enough to get that stadium built down in Oakland because it's going to be a great, great, great venue and a blessing to all the people in the Bay Area. No doubt about it. And as someone who grew up here, I, you know, I mean, for you, what it would mean after all those years seeing a stadium, because you've traveled, you've seen what everybody else has. It's about time that, well, it's way overdue that the A's have what everybody else has. Yeah, but I don't know if everybody else has what's inside the stadium as far as the people and the people that run it. Um, if they told me they were going to play at the Coliseum for the next 10 years and they weren't going to move and then they would get the new stadium, I would be just as happy if they were going to build one next year. 
because I know that they weren't leaving. But, yeah, it's time, man. I mean, you've got some stadiums. They've built two or three. I think Atlanta's had three ever since we had <laughs> one. So, um, <laughs> how long it's been. But, yeah, man, I, I'm pulling for it. Because the fans, man, they deserve it, man. They come to the game sometimes. And they don't have all the, the nice things that other stadiums have, the kids, things for the kids to do, and the true things for the baseball fans. So, uh, I know the people are working very hard and diligently to make this happen. And I'm praying just like everybody else that it does. I got to ask you a question that I asked David Forrest, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what your answer is going to be. Now that kids are starting to do what they did in football, where they said before the draft, and these kids are college kids, and they're like, hey, we're not going to play in the bowl game because we don't want to get hurt. We're now starting to see that in the Major League Baseball draft where you're seeing kids who say, I'm not going to finish out playing high school baseball, and I'm sure we're now going to see this in college. How do you, as a scout, if a kid says, I don't want to finish out the year because I just want to protect myself heading into the draft, how do you feel about that? If it's a guy that's a can't-miss guy that everybody is ranking as one of the, if not the top player in the country, top five players, and you know he's really close to being a major league player, I can understand because you're making a, you're taking a chance on your future. But if you're just a just a, a average guy, a better than average guy that has a chance, um, I would say um, congratulations. I respect that, and I'm going to move on to the next guy because I want guys that want to play. I want guys that love it, that dream it, that that have nightmares and not get an opportunity to go and play, and they would do anything to get the opportunity because when you get that opportunity, you're going to do everything you can to prove to the people that gave you that opportunity that they didn't make a mistake because your name is going to be on, on your their name is going to be on your back until you finish playing. So, uh, it's a lot of people giving kids advice, uh, and I don't know if it's always for the uh, well-being of the kid. If it's to say, hey, I'm going to college and I'll play professional baseball later, I respect that also because your chances of getting to the big leagues are very, very slim. So with that guaranteed education in your pocket, at least you have that. But if you're a guy that's not going to college, you don't know if you're ever going to get another chance to play, uh, uh, man, I'm going on to the next guy. Well, I'll just say this, and I might sound like uh, get off my lawn old guy. But I'm starting to notice, I think baseball and golf are very similar. Both are my passions. But we got a lot of guys who love practicing and coming up with these numbers on things like TrackMan while practicing, and they like doing that than actually they like it better than playing the games. Like they want to tell you spin rates. They want to tell you how far they hit it. They want to tell you all these numbers, how hard they throw. And I, you see a lot of this because the technology, the way we're the way we're judging human beings now in golf and baseball are actually very, very similar. And I'm afraid, Shooty, guys like working out and being in the batting cage and like throwing off mounds and having all these and all this data. I think they like doing that more than they actually like competing in regular games. No, I mean, those guys are eventually weed themselves out because the game is not going to change, Tony. And um, there's a place for innovation in this game, you know, just like analytics. I'm like Dusty Baker. He said, I'm fine with analytics as long as they tell me or show me how to get better. Don't tell me. Show me how it works. Now you've got my ear. So this game has been around for a hundred and some years. I find it very difficult 
but you come up something new that haven't been said or haven't been told, maybe a different language, but it all means the same thing. I don't want a pitcher going, yeah, my spin rate's this, but yet they got a, a four a four or five ERA or higher. I know this has happened at the big league level. Guys worried about certain things versus actual, like, what's your ERA? Well, you don't have to worry about it. If that spin rate on that breaking ball is good. Them Louisville's will let you know. <laughs> I mean, the guys going back to the dugout, or you see some Louisville's running up to the plate, swole all up you know you better throw something else because that spin ain't enough. That's for sure. When you getting back in town? I can't tell you. Well, I can't make a tea time <laughs> unless I know when you get back in town. Uh, into September when baseball season is over. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm, re- I, I'm ready to get it going with you. I mean, you, you, you big league guys. You know, you look down on little guys like me. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to be ready for you, Shooty. Hey, this off season we're going to have a blast, Tony. Believe it. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, you but are- right now. I'm all about games and reports, homie. You be you be safe out there, out in the bushes. Be well, and we'll talk to you when you get back. Will do, Tommy. Thanks for having me, my man. The great Shooty Babbitt. That, you know what? That was just questions about his craft. That was awesome. Yeah, we didn't ask about any specific players nope. or anything like that. We just asked about what he's – I'm going to text him that, too. That was awesome. I mean, that's what these guys do. I mean, their job is to find the future. Yeah, I mean, it's that's why he's on the road all year long. Except for, you know, when he's in studio doing NBC. That's about it. In those nice suits. He does dress very well. Then I see you on there hosting, and I'm like, so they really went from Shooty and Brody to. Wait, you saying my suits don't match up? Uh, no, it's not that they don't match up. I, I don't know. I'm just Maybe it's because I'm not a big suit guy. I'm now offended. I have very nice, expensive suits. Every time I see you on there, they tell you. Every time oh, you're on this, there, you're wearing a polo. Well, because <laughs> welcome to 2022. No, it's I, I, I can really only do day games because we. That's when we don't do Ace Cast Live is weekend and day games. So when I fill in for Brody, I'm usually doing a weekday day game or I'm doing a weekend game. And what do they wear on weekends and day games? They wear casual. Yeah, polos and yeah. Lululemon or whatever. So I just got to call them and go, listen, I don't have a bunch of NBC Sports California polos. Well, they should give you some. I've got a ton of A's polos. I've got my, hey, is Last Dive Bar selling these? Uh, I don't know if they're selling them. They, Brian sent us those a couple of years ago. He's got, like, we got to put those out. Um, well, Rayfield James already texted me uh, and said he would love to have one. Yeah. Last Dive Bar, our sponsor, is the best. As you, if you're watching, you'll see the, the the banner run right now promoting Last Dive Bar. So if you want to check out their website, lastdivebar.com. Um, I'm not wear, I usually wear one of their shirts for the show today. I'm actually wearing my Pitching Ninja Ace shirt. Um, it was either that or my uh, – I do have the Rally Possum shirt. Maybe I'll throw that eventually. Um I always wore the – where was I at yesterday? I went bowling for one of uh, my wife's friend's birthday last night. Oh, you are bowling yesterday? Bolero last night. Oh, like, that's awesome. 8, 8 p.m. we went? Oh, you went bowling. Yeah, 8 p.m. The, nice. was, the game was over six hours prior. Someone said work. Um, I wore my uh, How's My Pal shirt that Hal, the hot dog vendor, personally autographed at the Giants-Dodgers playoff game because he's working. <laughs> he does the what games? 
during the playoffs, Hal was working the Giants-Dodgers playoff game at Oracle Park. And I was there with my wife because she apparently is a Dodgers fan when the Angels aren't good. Oh, mister, he's Johnny Oakland is over at the Dodgers-Giants game? He was, well, he's working. So, I mean. Oh, he's working. Well, according to everything, doesn't he buy all of his own stuff? He's like an independent contractor. I don't know Hal's inner workings, but he signed my shirt. And that's all I care about. I've never met Hal the hot dog guy. Uh, you know, actually, tomorrow I'm going to wear the shirt my wife got me from. She got me the City Connect Colorado Rocky shirt. I like hot dogs. I, I'd be willing to go down and Love talk that. to Hal the hot dog guy. He he. I actually he wants me on Ace Cast. Maybe we'll have to get him. We'll have him call, maybe we'll have him video. I would come out of the treehouse and see him, but we haven't been in the treehouse in two years. When 2019. This is this is now the third third year we wouldn't be up there. 2020 obviously didn't do it last year, and we haven't done it this year. So three seasons now. You were there in 2019? Correct. We haven't been in the treehouse since 2020. People ask all the time, when you come back to the treehouse? I'm like, I do it. Yeah. It's, it's not like I don't want to be out there. Yeah. I mean, it's better than being in the press box. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you talk about hot dogs. Don't eat those. <laughs> the exploding hot. Remember they used to be exploding? <laughs> what was that bet you guys had a couple years ago? Who, who could eat the – I got on the oh, – I, I joined oh. late, but who, the, yeah. who would eat the – there, no, nobody's here that was a part of the bet, but the bet was who could who who could go the longest without having a press box hot dog. Oh yeah, uh, our intern, uh, not Griffin, our other intern, Michael. He one day I was walking up there and I saw him. He was eating. I'm like, you're eating the hot dogs. I'm like, oh man, they might have changed since 2019, but I'm gonna say probably not. It's a different it's like- system. So what they've done for all these years is the super cheap media people would wait. And they had this. They had the rollers, and they'd bring the hot dogs. And I know who it is. He would turn it up because he liked to 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 he like his hot dog to get a nice crisp. Problem was the ones that stayed on there would like explode, <laughs> and it was disgusting. And I would always take pictures of the exploding hot dogs and send them to people. And um, yeah, because I I actually won the bet. I'm like I I can go a whole season without having one. Well. But you're so, it's so going, you're so bet, going strong. But, yeah, I have not had. I have not had a press. I have not had a press box hot dog since probably. You'd probably have to go back to like seventeen, sixteen, right around in there. And that was out of just a necessity of a uh, hadn't eaten, got to get something in 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 you. Yeah, because I, I would go down and buy something for God's sakes before I'd eat one of those. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, can I ask you a? Uh, before we end the show today, can I ask you one buying or selling question? I would love it because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play the open and all that. Um, but I'll I'll ask you the question. And you mentioned him earlier. Mark Capel finally made his MLB debut last night for the Phillies. He pitched a scoreless ninth. He allowed one hit and struck out one. At 30 years old and 49 349 days, so almost 31. Appel, who's ba- you know he became the oldest former top overall pick from the June draft since Rick Monday was the first pick in 1965. Wait, wait, he what? He became the first. He's the oldest former top overall pick from the draft at the time of his debut. That's going all the way back to Rick Monday in 1965. Oh, yeah, of course. He's 31, yeah. 30? 30. He'll be 31 in like a week, two weeks. <laughs> um, you're the number one overall pick, and he'll make it to the big leagues until you're 30? And the, uh, whenever he took stepped away from baseball, there's a lot of stuff. He's, he was 5-0 and with a 1-6-1 ERA in 19 appearances for Lehigh Valley, the AAA team of the Philadelphia Phillies. Buying or selling – Mark Appel is the closers the Phillies have been looking for. Because remember how bad their bullpen is? <laughs> wow, what a story that would be. That would be incredible. I'm buying. 
this has got Disney written all over it. Move up. Second, I mean, think about this. Just, just think about it. You've got a guy who's completely failed when he had all the expectations, every chance, just, just fails, gets back into the game just because the love of it. And did he graduate from Stanford? Uh, he might have left there. He was drafted by the Pirates, went back, and then got drafted by Houston, number one overall. So I don't. Yeah, but I'm sure he. There's a good uh, chance he went back and finished. He might have. I don't. I don't. We got to look. So that I'm. I'm trying to build up the movie here. So gets a Stanford degree. So it's not like he needs baseball, right? He's probably got a pretty good signing bonus, Stanford degree, yeah. and then comes back to a team in a world where a bullpen can't get anybody out. My movie trailer voice. Yeah, I, I got it. Um, and leads the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen to the World Series and wins the World Series. Okay, that's. I love the idea. I'm just talking about being the closer. Yeah, being competent. Not, not World co- Series. The Fighting Phils. They haven't won the World Series since eighty. Wrong. Two thousand eight. They made the playoffs in two thousand eleven. Oh, that yeah, Ryan Howard, Nutley, yeah. and those guys. My, my beloved Pirates have been to the playoffs more recently. They haven't won since 2008. Yeah, when they beat the And race. this guy comes out of nowhere and leads them to the World Series. What if he's starting Game 7? Well, if he's starting, he's the closer. Well, let's do an opener. What if he's starting Game 7? Maybe maybe he could. It'd be great. What did you – wait, listen to what he just said. Yeah, he's a closer. What was his record again at AAA? 5-0. and oh. Was that as a closer? Uh, well, it was 19 appearances, so it was as a reliever. How many innings was he going? Let's pull up the old AAA stats for Mr. Know-It-All. Huh? He's a closer, huh? I don't think your 5-0 and is just a closer. As it just, just tell me. Is there any game started in there? What is in there? He also went to, he went to Monte, Monte Vista High School in Danville. Monte Vista. Monte Vista, sorry. Not Monte. He's not local. Um, he pitched in five games. He started. He was only in five. He won five games. He, he didn't start any games in the minor leagues this year. He was a reliever only. 19 games. How many innings? Uh, 28. Ah. Struck up 24. So he was a multiple inning guy. Starting game seven of the World <laughs> Series. Sergio Romo, 2.0. Disneyland. He's going six, seven innings. Oh, okay. I was going to say Ryan Stanek, our good friend, who is actually one of the best. He's not going to be an opener. He's going to go out there as a starter. He's going to go out there and start. Are you saying Dennis Quaid move over? The new, the rookie, the rookie two film twenty years later is coming out. I see the movie right now. I'm buying it all. Well, can we get it on Disney Plus? Or we'll be in theaters. I mean, you can throw in some Disney princesses in there. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. Now, Star Wars. You can throw some Star Wars in there. I mean, Disney also has uh, who are the superheroes? Marvel. Marvel, throw some Mart, put Spider-Man in there. I mean, we could make a great movie here. Oh, hold on, I'm trying to think of how Spider-Man and all these guys would play into it. Mm, well, you do the, the time as he is a kid, like Spider-Man was his hero. We're, we're getting close to end time here because of pregame. But let's, I, let's, I, never, I don't remember what Mark Appel looks like. I'm trying to see who, who could play him in a movie. I mean, now that Disney bought Star Wars for billions of dollars, you got to work Star Wars in there somehow. He kind of looks. Uh, I better turn on my radio equipment. Uh, I'm not sure who will play him in the movie. I'm trying to figure out who he who. This picture right here, I would say Freddie Prince Jr. could play him, but that's when he has the beard a little bit. 
Well, we need some star power. Freddie Prince Jr. was in a biz- baseball movie called Summer Catch. Got to bring some star power. Yeah, well, we'll find someone. I mean, I don't know if you're going to get Brad Pitt to play him, but. Brad Pitt's <laughs> Billy Bean. That's what I mean. Maybe get my guy Miles Teller. I'm a big Miles Teller fan. Maybe have him play Mark Capel in the movie. He's in Top Gun. It's a great story. But a great story is the vote today. BCDC. How many people had ever even heard of the BCDC before all this was going down? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I, I didn't. Did you? Why would I know anything about the port? <laughs> we live in San Jose. We don't have a port. Yeah, the port. closest the closest port to us is Redwood City. I grew up in San Diego, too. There's a port there. I didn't hang out there. And nor do I have any idea what was shipped in or shipped out. Like, how do you know? And by the way, when everybody talks about the port, the majority, like, how much? See, we get into stuff that is not what we should be getting. Here's a question. Out of all the stuff that comes into Oakland, into the port, how much stays in Oakland? I don't, I don't know. Oh, like none of it. It all gets shipped out all over the West Coast and all of the Midwest. You're, you're asking the literally where the two I mean, we act like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that comes into Long Beach, everything that comes into L.A., everything that comes into – that all gets shipped out. Everything that comes into Seattle, everything that gets shipped out to the to the United States. So it's like, yeah, the ports are key, but it's not like it's like the local thing that is th- – this stuff's all going out everywhere. Yeah, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know the, any of this stuff. I, I think I would love to like to have everybody break down exactly how does everybody profit off these ports? Who exactly? How much do the cities, counties, who's getting what out of these mysterious ports with their mysterious rules? And they have this land, the ports control there. Why are they can, like, wouldn't you be interested in that as a taxpayer? Like, Exactly what is going on at these ports. Look, the you know who controlled the ports in New York for all those years? The mob. Yeah. How, how do you like about that, taxpayers? The mob was making all the money off the ports back in the day. Real quick, the only port I care about, the Stockton ports. Oh, wow. And I always bring oh, it back to baseball. Wow. <laughs> oh, we got to end it on that. Ended on with, oh, and shout out to Alex Jensen. He's now, <laughs> Alex, is on, Alex is on the naughty list right now. <laughs> Alex is out there talking. They're out praising everybody. Melissa Lockhart's doing a story, how we're using all the minor league guys, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, hey, thank God for Ken Korak and Vince Catronio and the minor league guys. I, I have nothing to do with this. This is all you. Well, I, I, hey, all the minor league, hey, you know, nothing AceCast ever did to help these guys. Because they all got to the big league level first. They all just hopped over A's cast. Is that true? I, 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 I don't know. The only guy we can really equate that oh, to Oh, you Alex. don't even want to touch it. It's all the person we equate that to is Alex. Oh, you don't want to touch it. Did yeah. Dre- Jesse Goldberg Strassler appear on A's cast or a play-by-play for the A's first? Technically, uh, A's cast because we had him on for the oh. game. All right, we got to go. We In his career. Uh, that's all. Bob Hards appear on A's Cast first, or the A's Radio Network. Uh, I think we carried a Midland game before, so I think he was on A's Cast first. Uh, didn't they all do reports for us? 
Oh, in the pregame, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, we got we got three minutes. Just checking. I'm just having a good time. Thank you for everybody who listened today. Yes, BCDC went the A's way. That's great. We want to thank Shooty Babbitt, Dave Sims, and Bill Moriarty. Whoa, Brody. Oh, and Brody Brazil wasn't on the schedule. Brody Brazil, who uh, led us off here like Riggy Anderson, doing a great job, giving us an update on the vote. And tomorrow. Dave Cavill and the skipper, Mark Hotze, so far. We'll see everybody tomorrow. A's Total Access coming your way in minutes. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.